Welcome to our Women Are Here podcast. My name is Alana Mellon. And I'm Sambal Siddiqui, and we are two Cambridge City counselors. So we're finally back at CCTV because now I have a cart for my leg. <laughs> thank I you. I love that cart. I know, I know. I'm so glad. I, I still have my crutches, but thank you to Tina at CEOC who let me borrow this uh, scooter uh, that helps me get around much better. So coming soon will be videos of me using this scooter. You know I'm going to Snapchat that. Please. Like with... With lots of funny quotes. It better have like, you know, 100,000 views. All right. <laughs> I don't think I have that many Snapchat friends. <laughs> oh, are we Snapchat friends? Oh. I don't think we are. I think we're going to make that happen. Yeah, right. we will. I'm not good at it. I'm are pretty you... bad at it. Oh, good. Okay. Because I can, I can put faces on and, and that kind of stuff. But other than that, I, I can't. I just snap my face. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we have a funny... Didn't, weren't we texting back and forth funny Snapchat Oh, pictures? yeah, yeah, we were, we were. That was fun. <laughs> All right, so I'm happy to be back, although um, I did have a really nice week last week. Yeah, so off, tell off us. Vacation. Well, my family and I went on a nice family vacation, and um, it was nice. I finally felt like, you know, so I, much like you, decided a year ago to run, and I feel like I just haven't had any time to myself to really think uh, in over a year. So it was really nice to hang out with my family and and just have some time to really think about stuff and like what we're doing. So it was really nice, but it was um and I understand I missed some terrible weather. Yeah, last week was I'm you know, I'm so glad you had that time for yourself and with your family. Um it was a busy week, so we can talk a little bit about that and then we'll talk a lot about about the fun city council meeting we had on Monday and some of those issues. Yeah, it was fun and it wasn't as long as I thought it was going to be. Yeah, I thought I was supposed to bring pajamas or something. Yeah, somebody told me to bring my slippers and I was like, ooh, actually I might just do that anyway. Next Monday. Because like, you, can't, you can't see my feet underneath the thing, so we not? Yeah, we should just be so comfortable. <laughs> like pajama pants and blazer on top. Oh my God, let's do it. Let's do yeah. it. So there's a lot of things going on. I it was just interviewed by uh, NBC on... Uh, something called the Office of Procedural Justice. And for those of you wondering, this came to us on Monday. Uh, we had a budget preview. And so our police department will be adding this office to its unit. And we're really excited about it. I know, Alana, you made a comment during our meeting about it. And we've since I've since talked to some of the Harvard Law students about it. And uh, really the goal of it is to promote transparency, to talk about accountability, to really use a data-driven approach. Yeah, I think that's what's missing in so many of our conversations right now is this, where's the data that is showing us where, um, where we need to really be looking? And I just want to read a, a bit from the budget book uh, about the police office of procedural justice. It's believed to be the first of its kind in the nation. The Office of Procedural Justice will focus on proactively monitoring data related to police-citizen interactions for indications of possible racial profiling or use of force incidents. And I think in light of, you know, what happened a couple of Friday nights ago with the Harvard student um, that was arrested on Mass Ave, I I think this office is going to be more important than ever. It's it's something that's been in the works for a long time. Our police commissioner who came to us last August, um, actually, I just learned this recently that he did his dissertation in, in racial profiling and policing. So um, this is something that he's been interested in implementing here since he got here, and it will be part of next year's budget. And uh, I really am looking forward to what this means. Um, our, I feel like our police force is kind of 
nationally recognized for a lot of the things that we do with, you know, the social work and outreach, I think this will be adding another layer to that, to that really important national profile. Yeah, I'm really excited about Commissioner Bard leading this work. He's, he got here August 2017. And so this has been in the works since then. And he, you know, he's taught graduate courses on procedural justice. He, he knows the data. Um, I think in light of the incident that happened, you know, there's an internal review happening. I think our police force is really committed uh, overall to, to, you know, transparency, accountability, and introspection. And so I think this office will um, be a great addition to the unit. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. And I was saying Monday night that I'm really looking forward to um, having other cities copy what we do here. I think you know, if you look nationally around what's happening with race and police, it's clear that there do need to be these offices of procedural justice collecting that data and really figuring out where um, problem areas are. Yeah, and working with the community and exactly. having the community involved. So we are, you know, really excited about it. Commissioner Bard saw me leaving from City Hall and I was wanted I was going to take an Uber here <laughs> <laughs> and he gave me a ride. So sweet. He's such a nice guy. And I think especially in this moment, um, we're very lucky to have him at the head uh, of this work and, and leading our police department into the into what's next for for policing in the 21st century. Yeah, we are we're very, very lucky. So I mean, I'm going to be happy to support that. Yeah, yeah. I'm so looking forward to seeing what it looks like and getting involved. Cool. So All what right. else happened? So we had a busy Monday. We had, you know, we heard a lot of petitions. We've been working on a few, you know, we've behind the scenes have been um, working on something called children's savings accounts. I know. I'm excited about this. We had a great meeting. Was that just yesterday? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At the Federal Reserve Bank in Boston, um, who does a quarterly convening of the New England Consortium of Children's Savings Accounts. Uh, so that means people from Rhode Island, from Maine, New Hampshire, Connecticut, uh, and in Massachusetts get together to talk about their children's savings accounts, either in their districts, their towns, or even in the case of Maine, their entire state, uh, and just give best practices, challenges, and then um, they had some breakout workshops. So I think we should probably explain a little bit about what a children's savings account is, and it it it's different in each and every uh, place. So I think I found yesterday that it's it. It's so different everywhere. So Maine, once you have your child and they have a birth certificate, you can check off. It's an opt-in whether you would like the state of Maine to start a 529 college savings account for your for your child. And I believe they put in, it was it $500? Yeah, $500 to start. $500 to start. And then, um, you know, they have different incentives over the course of the child's life. Um, but they have a pretty high opt-in rate. Uh, but then other cities and towns have ones that start in kindergarten. So Boston just started a pilot, or is finishing up a three-year pilot called Boston Saves, where uh, every student in a few schools at kindergarten got an account, uh, with, and they added $50 in. And then if the family saves an additional $50 each quarter, then Boston puts in another $25. So it's a real sen- savings incentive, a real financial literacy. But I think most importantly, it's this idea of, getting kids thinking about college really, really young. And, you know, the research shows um, that if you get kids and families thinking about college, the likelihood that they will go or have an, another post-secondary um, experience is, is much, much higher. 
Yeah, it's really exciting. I think, you know, our community, we have, uh, you know, the Cambridge Housing Authority has uh, a few programs. Uh, yesterday, we heard from other agencies who have, you know, are working with some families. I think here, we're also trying to figure out where uh, this can come in. And I think, uh, you know, our mayor also is very much interested in this work. And so Alana and I are trying to figure out you know, how do we bring CSAs to as many families in Cambridge as possible? Um, it, you know, it's not about the dollars. It's about, you know, the feeling it gives to the child. We have a program right now, you know, with a library where every kindergartner gets a library card. Absolutely. Yeah. And so, you know, I think, you know, in this way, you know, if we have uh, a savings account, you know, even if it's, you know, kids putting in 20 cents, you know, this came up oh, at the panel yesterday. Yeah. That was so sweet. Yeah. Even if it's 20 cents, it's something that they get to go to the bank. They get to, uh, you know, w- with their, their parent or their guardian and, um, really contribute to their future in that way. It's, it's really, you know, it is about the child. It's about empowerment. And, um, you know, so it was great to see how many States new, uh, you know, there's New Jersey, uh, also, really working on this and have this in their states. Yeah. And I think having the community do a match, um, and, you know, continue doing that match for kids that are putting in their, you know, the, the 20 cents they were talking about, or somebody was saying that, um, kids are putting in their dollars from the tooth fairy. And, you know, if the cities can do some kind of match and really show that commitment to our kids, particularly our low income kids, um, that we believe in you, we see you, we want you to have a post-secondary experience. Um, I, I think it's, I'm excited about this. Yeah, and I think it's so, you know, you think about, I think about my parents, right? Mm. Coming here, growing, growing up here. They didn't know about these savings accounts, right? Like I think, you know, some of it's like, just having that knowledge of what is this savings account for your child, right? Like I've now know about it, right? You know, but you know, other people who you know are many in our community, they they likely who are who are more affluent have the resources know that this is something that you do, um, and so I think this will kind of change that conversation of this is something everyone should do. Yeah, and I think you know when I think about myself growing up, you know, a savings account was for people who had way more money and right. way more savings. Like I would never, I think my mom would never have thought exactly. of like, just putting a dollar a week away. Like how embarrassing, right. you know, like it would, so it's, this is just a way to teach that financial literacy and get people up to speed on savings account and really start thinking about, you know, what are you going to, what is your child and, and what are you going to do once you graduate from high school? Exactly. So this is exciting. We'll keep you posted. Um, we're really excited to be working on this. So Stay tuned. Stay tuned. So uh, this week on Monday, we also heard about a citizen's petition. Uh, we received something called a flood uh, plain overlay uh, zoning amendment. And, um, you know, any resident can file a petition if they get at least 10 signatures. Uh, it has to be received and dated by the city clerk. And it has 65 days from referral of petition f- for the planning board and the ordinance committee to hold a hearing. So this petition is really, it talks about uh, flooding and climate change. There's Particularly something in Elway. In Elway, mm-hmm. which is a real issue. We've mm-hmm. had uh, meetings, a lot of meetings about. A lot recently about um, the floodplain issue and the 2070 flooding and how we can have our developers and builders really prepare for this. Yeah, you know, it's about, uh, you know, if you're building, let's do it in a way that, this building lasts, mm-hmm. right? And that's really important to me and you because, you know, if we have families living in there, especially if they're going to be 
you know, a number of units that are affordable housing. We want these affordable housing units to stay. Mm-hmm. So this petition, you know, there's a lot of questions around the petition. I think right now the next step is we're referring it to the ordinance and the planning board and we will take it up in the ordinance and we'll really go through all of those details and think about, you know, parking ratios. We'll think about setbacks. We'll we'll have to have really difficult, but I think really needed conversations about um, the petition and what it could look like. So uh, at that point, time the petitioners will present and answer questions and the council will then decide on changes to the zoning petition so you know i'm not sure when that's going to be but probably in the next month or two that we'll we'll schedule it and once it passes that ordinance if it passes passes, yeah then it comes back to the city council for a final vote. Um, and that meeting of the city council has to be within 90 days of the ordinance committee meeting. Yeah. And so just for those of you who aren't like living and eating and breathing zoning petitions. Yeah. Like how rude. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me back it up a little bit. So this petition was put in by a resident of West Cambridge named Doug Brown. Um, so it's now going to be con- called the Brown petition. Is it? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's what people were saying All on right. Monday night. And uh, there are it is very long. It is very dense, um, and it has a lot, a lot of changes. And some of the things that we, we heard a lot of public comment uh, on Monday night um, for people who were for it and um, for people who had concerns around it. And I would say that the number one concern I heard and feel myself is that there are a number of things in the zoning petition that seem like on top of all of those, you know, put all together we may not, may not be able to build anything in Alewife. So there's, you know, there's a 30% um, plot uh, open space requirement. There's a tree ca- 30% tree canopy requirement, a 30% permeable surface requirement, and a 25-foot setback. So if you think about all of those things together, that may not be a lot of buildable space. Um, there's also a provision in there that um, you can't build anything on um, a dead-end street, which a lot of those streets over in the quadrangle and the triangle are dead end streets. So there's a lot to think about. Um, and I would also say that it's not just, um, alewife that this covers. It covers a lot of the city because it covers anywhere that there is potential flooding. So on the banks, East of the, Cambridge, yeah, East Cambridge, the banks of the Charles river, you know, Riverside, Cambridgeport. So there's a lot to think about here. Um, but I do think that hopefully it can dovetail into the work that the CDD, um, is doing with the Envision Cambridge and the Envision Alewife Working Group, but also the Climate Preparedness Report that we just got a, pre- a presentation on too. So, yeah, I think you know the the petition does include a number of the recommendations from those reports. I think where there's a question is you know we have to look at developers differently. You know, there's the big developers, right, and then these are these nonprofit developers. So I think some of these rules will fundamentally be harder for our nonprofit developers. What I was hopeful about is that the petitioners have said they'll, they're willing to work with our nonprofit developers. What I would be envisioning is, you know, exemption for 100% affordable um, units or any, you know, well, this is getting technical, but there's 40B projects mm-hmm. um, to make sure that we have some provisions in there that, you know, that we are treating certain developers differently because our nonprofit developers, as we know, um, struggle, struggle. they don't have the money that these, some of the big, big developers 
have who are building in um, parts of, you know, a lot of parts of Alawife. So there's a lot of questions. Uh, I'm hopeful that perhaps this could be a really collaborative process. Yeah. And it was interesting because a better Cambridge who um, kind of mobilized and lots of their members came to speak out against the petition and kind of its current form. But we're very hopeful about, you know, limiting parking requirements, which is something that, you know, ABC has been talking about for a long time, you know, and our providers, you know, really want exactly. So um, I definitely think that there's a place to start here. Uh, I look forward to this. I think it's going to be taking up much of our summer. (laughs) Sure will. The timing, right? Um, So stay tuned on that. And if you're interested in that, Oh, Stumble and I can keep everyone posted on Twitter of um, meetings and when those might happen. So, yeah, that was that was that petition. But we also talked about the budget and there were a lot of highlights. There were so many highlights. Um, first of all, the city of Cambridge's budget for fiscal year 19, which starts July 1st uh, this year, is over six hundred and thirty six million dollars. Um, which is a 4.22% increase over last year. And so some of the highlights are, as we mentioned, the police department and their Office of Procedural Justice, but we're also adding a position of a hum- housing ombudsperson. Everyone keeps saying ombudsman, and it's making me mad. Yeah. An ombudsperson. Ombudsperson. Or we can figure out a different name. But So it's unclear what that person, their entire job description will be, uh, but I'm imagining that this person will help out with um, not only individual housing situations, but also to look at it more broadly. Uh, one of the things we talked about at our housing committee meeting was that we need um, probably some place to collect data around um, who's buying up all our property, who's buying up all the property, but also in terms of Section Eight uh, voucher holders. You know where they're. Where are those trouble spots in terms of how are they being discriminated when um, so we can really pinpoint some of these issues? So um, that's going to be happening. Also, the um, warming center that was happening at the senior center this year is going to be happening again next year. There's money in the budget, and they're going to be opening it for four and a half months next year. So it will be expanded. And then some exciting early childhood education grants. So... um, those are grants for low-income students to go to private preschools, um, which I think, I can't remember the exact number, but we, we had some grants last year, and we're actually effectively doubling those grants. Yeah. So. Um, That's exciting. We also, you know, we are going to be, right currently in the budget, there's an allocation of $3.4 million towards affordable housing and preserving affordable housing. Uh, we've, at that meeting we passed an order to ask for 20 million <laughs> so uh, it'd be great to get some uh, more money well we asked for 20 million each year over the, over next, the next five years. years so we'll i'll be anxiously awaiting the, the yeah. outcome of that well look at our budget it's 600 and over 636 mm-hmm. million we can find that <laughs> well anyway we we're very grateful that we live in this city that has um the resources that it does i think um you know we are looking forward to hearing more about the budget. We'll actually have Sarah Stanton, the budget director, on with us next week to talk about exactly this, and she's promised to make it fun. She has promised to make it fun. I always enjoy when she comes to the city council meetings because she always makes like these funny jokes that nobody laughs at except maybe me. And um, it's just it's such an it's such an austere 
place to be having these conversations about the budget and then she always tries to make these funny jokes and <laughs> yeah I'm like, looking forward up. to it I'm gonna be like how do I make my own budget can you help me <laughs> here I brought my checkbook <laughs> how do I balance this <laughs> I don't think that's the kind of advice that she's gonna be giving oh, okay next week, okay but... well <laughs> I'll, I'll have to get her another time <laughs> um okay yeah so those were some of the things that happened uh at the meeting on Monday night and then there's some kind of updates around around town that we can talk about one of them i'm really excited about the foundry building yes so this is a building that alexandria real estate gifted to the city of cambridge 157 years ago just kidding it was (laughs) (laughs) just feels like it feels like it (laughs) and it has gone through a number of um processes that we won't get involved in now but um we the cambridge redevelopment authority Uh, Let me back up. So basically, the foundry is a building. We want it to have STEAM uh, activities and education happening inside of it. But the city doesn't want to operate it, right? Like the city, we're not, we wouldn't be a good job. We wouldn't do a good job at like activating that space and programming it for arts and science and technology. So we put out, the city put out an RFP um, for an operator. And so um, we, the Cambridge Redevelopment Authority is going to be choosing an operator at their meeting tonight. And so the the one that they're looking at is the um, Lemelson MIT. Uh, and I, it looks really exciting. Did you get a chance to look I at it? I haven't yet, oh, but I will. It looks really exciting. I have to say that they're working with some really great partners. Too many to name here. But some of the ones that I wanted to talk about were the Leslie Steam Learning Lab. And that's somebody, um, Sue Cusack over at Leslie has been working on STEAM education here in Cambridge out of Leslie University for a long time. And they actually did a partnership with the Kennedy Longfellow School. They did their um, their STEAM lab and actually were in the school for three years getting the kids up on tech. And they had a you know robotics team. My son was actually part of the robotics team. And so they were going to be working with Lemelson as well to do some programming there and hopefully bring in the kids from, from East Cambridge. Um, the Olin College of Engineering, which I don't know if you know about them. They're out in, in um, Newton. Oh, yeah. Okay. So they're an engineering school that were ba- was basically built and started because there weren't enough women in engineering. So they started an engineering school, and it is, it's at parity. That's awesome. Gender parity. So um, it's a really interesting new kind of school, uh, and they're very excited about working with the Foundry Building. Um, and also the Dance Complex. Right here from Central Square, the Dance Complex is going to be a big partner in doing some of that programming. There's going to be a black box theater so that's really Love exciting. It. I know. So I'm, I'm excited to see this. Uh, Are you going tonight? I am going to go. I, well, I have a couple of meetings to go to tonight. There's that one t- is like five to seven. And then there's a Harvard Square kiosk meeting from 630 to 830. I have a public safety meeting uh, on right. marijuana from <laughs> four to six. So I'm going to I think I'm going to try to make the RFP, but I'll get notes from you. OK, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I feel like we talk about marijuana cannabis all the time. Yeah, this is another cannabis meeting. Another cannabis meeting. So that's from four to six today. I'll update you on that eventually. So I'm actually going to a licensing commission meeting today instead of the public safety meeting uh, because Riles in Inman Square is actually a. Um, it was sold, or yeah. is in the process of being sold right now, and there is a 30 year deed restriction on that property, which. Um, is 
of much consternation to many of my neighbors and myself um, because the deed restriction says that um, they can't have any uh, restaurant, bar, entertainment in that space because it's actually a family situation. So um, the family owns the family that owns Riles actually owns SNS across the street, and this deed restriction was implemented 25 years ago in case of a future sale. So the intention was for the new establishment to never compete with SNS. And unfortunately for the Inman Square neighborhood, there's nothing illegal about having a non-compete clause like this. And there's a new buyer who, as I understand it, has not completed the sale and will only do so once they receive their package store license, uh, which is happening today. That's the meeting I'll be going to today. Uh, the new buyer uh, owns the liquor store on Cambridge Street in East Cambridge, and it's really nice. I'm, I've been there, and I'm, I understand the owners are very, very lovely people. I'm, I'm just not sure we need another package store in Inman Square. Uh, and I know the East Cambridge Business Association also has some concerns around this as well, and we'll be submitting a letter to the licensing board for today's meeting. And I just want to say, I know it's so frustrating for residents when they think that we aren't doing something, um, but the reality is, you know, I've been talking to so many people, the mayor has been talking to so many people, just to see if there's anything that we can do. Um, but you know, it seems like we're not doing anything. We're really working behind the scenes a lot of these times to do stuff. And I, I think that's one of the hardest parts of this job is striking that balance of like telling people what we're doing, but also working behind the scenes and, and building those relationships and really and trying to figure out how to best manage each situation. Yeah, it's it's difficult. I've talked to some neighbors as well, and it, you know, they had the potential new owner come to one of their meetings, and uh, you know, they they think he's a nice guy but again to your point of do we need another package store and you know on prospect street right next to um all-star pizza there is another liquor store i actually really that's the one i go to yeah i really like that i've one. heard it's great and it's great you know, they have I, everything yeah yeah and i think they have all the rosé just right. F- <laughs> fyi <laughs> noted so i think it's you know it, you know it could compete with that business you know you know and legally you're right you know non-complete clauses i've drafted these a ton of times right you know it's legally from our you know as a city council there's not much we can do here there's probably nothing we can do except for you know express our thoughts and say look it'd be great to have this be a gallery you know have this be a a a space that's for the community or um a space that's more useful right Uh, than than a another liquor store. Well, I also feel like Inman Square with the, you know, the addition of Gather Here and Albertine Press and Practice Space, it's really becoming this like crafting, creative square. And it would be so great if we could actually attract more of that because it is enlivening Inman Square in a way that I hadn't been anticipating. It's just so nice to have those places there that are doing these classes and, and bringing people from all over the city and from Boston. Right. You know, we should make it a cultural district, right? Like it's a really, it's, it's so fun. It's, it's like it's, the restaurants, like I, I, I love the maker space. It's mm-hmm. great. So anyway, it's, it's difficult. So I'm curious about how that will go. Well, I'll keep you posted. Yeah, please. I'll, t- I'll text, text you me. while you're at the public. Safety. Yes. You yes. can text me about cannabis and I'll I text will, you about I will. booze. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so one of the things that's happening this weekend, starting the Affordable Housing Week of Action. So um, this Saturday is going to be the Fair and Affordable Housing Open House. Open House at the high school. So that's from 11 to 1. 
and, and yeah, there's going to actually be a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff happening. Um, I would say that next Wednesday night, a week from today, there's going to be a uh, panel discussion and a book discussion of the book Evicted. Uh, and I think well, I think we talked about this last time on our podcast, but we'll definitely, I think there's going to be some, some speakers uh, and it's going to be held at City Hall now. Oh, great. Yeah. yeah so so please come on that. read the book and come. Well, read, reread the book. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and definitely come even if you hadn't read it, because I think it's, it's important to really understand, um, what our tenants are really facing right now in these times of just easy evictions happens all the time. Happens every day. Yeah. And we will, there will also be, we'll share, you know, the flyer with you and the, the, um, more details about the event, but we'll have, be having a rally on May 5th. At City Hall at one o'clock. So this is something I'm really excited about. We have so many housing advocates here and there's so many people right now that are talking about affordable housing and what we really want our community to look like and what displacement is doing uh, to Cambridge. And I, it would really be so great if everyone showed up and, um, and really showed their support for, for keeping our diverse community, keeping our housing affordable and making sure that we kind of stop this displacement that's happening or do what we need to do to try to stop the displacement. So yeah, please come. We'll talk about it again really briefly next week on our podcast, but we're really excited about the rally. Another thing that's happening this weekend, uh, it's Harvard University's Arts First Festival, and it's running from Thursday, April 26th. Tomorrow. Through, yeah, tomorrow. Wow, Thursday. Oh, it's almost <laughs> Friday. Thank God. Uh, through Sunday. Uh, and so there's going to be a lot of performing artists there's going to be visual art you know over 100 people live performing so is that please the one come. where they have all the dancing on the science center i think so that well that is the most fun thing ever yeah th- there's going to be a lot of students and faculty there's a lot of uh, ha- i think half of the harvard students participate in the festival each spring wow. so it's free of charge hit it up hit it up totally and, you know, then there's also a few other events happening. Uh, you know, there's a, a thing called bu- Kids, Bugs, and Arts. There's workshops happening this weekend for young children. Um, that's at Magazine Beach. There's one at Dennehy. Uh, it's on the Cambridge calendar. Definitely check it out. It seems fun. That does seem fun. Um, what's the weather supposed to be like this weekend? Do you know? Oh, I didn't check. Oh, man. It's I been, hope it's good. It's supposed to be nice tomorrow and Friday. I just wasn't sure. Hopefully it'll be nice for this because kids Bart. Bugs and art, that seems like something fun that... Yeah, I really I really wanted to end on that note because kids, bugs, and art. How fun is how it to fun say is that? that? But can we just... Can I just say... I know you want to end on that, but I, I just... Right, I just was reminded of that I watched that Shape of Water on the plane. What did you think? I, I don't think I liked it. Oh my God, we can't be friends. I know. I've, like, I was watching it the whole time thinking, I just don't think that I like this. And then it reminded me that... You like shows about love and friends, and I tend to love shows about serial killers and cults. <laughs> so, like, I just started watching that Wild Wild Country oh, yeah. about the cult out in Oregon. You have to watch the everyone. Rajneesh. Oh, my God. Everyone, please stop whatever you're doing right now and just go to Netflix and watch Wild Wild Country. Forget about your kids, picking no, them up. All, just, uh, in, just their, watch. in their jobs and whatever. Have you started watching? I have. Well, how, how far are you in? I'm on the second episode. Okay, so the second episode, you're like, what's wrong with these people? Like, leave them alone. They're like a nice cult. They're building housing. Who cares? Leave them alone. And then at the end of the second one, you'll be like, oh, my God. It turns so dark, so fast. I'm excited. It's amazing. I have one left. 
Ooh, ooh, yeah. So yeah, we have different tastes, but look at us getting along, <laughs> getting along and doing this podcast. Opposites attract. Opposites attract. <laughs> so uh, we will see you next week. We've got a lot going on. Um, obviously, we have a lot going on today that we'll report back uh, next week. And um, we look forward to having you back with us. Yeah, have a great weekend. Have a great weekend. And if you'd like to follow us on Twitter, we're going to post some of the issues that we talked about tonight. I'm at A M. Malon, M-A-L-L-O-N. I'm at at Sumble, S-U-M-B-U-L-S-I-D-D. And if you haven't downloaded our podcast, go ahead and do so. And that way you never miss an episode. And please feel free to share this with friends that you think might be interested in what's going on in Cambridge and our differential movie and and show tastes. Yes, please. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks. Bye.